The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zochem in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously in honor of Hilfon ben Regina Malka and Mazal bat Esther. Hashem alehem yehyu amen. Daf chaf alef. Today's daf is being studied learning Nishmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tanihenu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied with Fuash Shilema Sarah bat Achel. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chaf Amudbet, 11 lines from the bottom. <coughs> and the Gemara begins. The Gemara uh, raises a question. According to the opinion that we learned on yesterday's daf, actually the opinion of our Mishnah that says Nidarim vows and Nidabot are not brought on Yom Tov, Avar Vishahat Mai. Let's say the guy went and he slaughtered the animals wrongly so. Now what does he do? Which means do we allow him to sprinkle the blood or not? We say maybe since he slaughtered unlawfully, so maybe we don't allow him to sprinkle. So Rava says like this, so long as there's meat from the Qurban available to eat, so we'll allow you to sprinkle the blood. Which means, since there is an aspect of Akhila over here, or Sumhat Yom Tov, you'll be able to eat from the meat itself, so the rabbis will allow you to sprinkle. Normally, sprinkling the blood is isudra banan. Rabbis are not allowed to sprinkle blood on Yom Tov from a korban that is not uh, supposed to be brought. However, if there's meat available to eat, it will be permissible. That's Rabbah's opinion. Here's a different view. He says, you can sprinkle the blood to allow the meats, the fats of the Qurban to be burnt on the Mizbayah that night, which means after Yom Tov. So you store it on Yom Tov, but the Halakha says that the entire night you're allowed to burn the fats on the Mizbayah. So you have different views exactly what's going to allow you to sprinkle the blood. Is it the meat that can become now edible from the Qurban, or is it the fact that it will allow you on Motsa'i Yom Tov to put the meats on the Mizbayah. So the Gebra says, my Benayu, what's the practical difference between the opinions? Let's say the meat, the edible part of the animal, either became Tamer or got lost. 
Rabbi says, since there's no now achilat adam, because the edible part of the korban got lost or tameh, so you can't sprinkle. Le Rabbi zarik. According to Rabbi Ravuna, he says, no. So long as there's a part of the animal that can be put on the mizbeah that night, so you will sprinkle the uh, blood regardless. So that's the kamina. Metiv has a question. Kivse aseret. Those are the animals that are brought uh, on Shavuot. With the they brought a korban. So it says the kivsa seret, the sheep that are brought on Shavuot, Sheshahatan Shelo Lishman. Let's say they slaughtered them with the wrong intention. Shelo Lishman. Really, you're supposed to slaughter them, the Shem Korban Sibur, for what they're supposed to be, Shalme Sibur. However, you slaughter them for the sake of an Ola. And you had the wrong intentions. Or you slaughter them in the wrong time. You're supposed to slaughter them on Shavuot. Instead, you slaughter them whether before its time, and you designated the animals as Kifsi'a said it, and you slaughter them before its time or after its time. Hadam Yizarik. So the Gemara says, the blood you sprinkle regardless, Vabbasar Yachir. So if you remember, we learned in Masakat Pesachim that we had a rule that any korban that was slaughtered Shalol Lishma with the wrong intent, it is permissible to bring the korban still on the Mizbaya, even though you had the wrong intent when you slaughtered it, and of course you sprinkled the blood, and the owners can eat the korban. However, you do not fulfill your obligation, I and mean, it's not you don't get your obligation of whatever it was supposed to be. Now, the Maitash Shabbat, now in this case for that on Shabbat, again, when the Kipsiah said it, were brought with the wrong intentions, and now it comes out that uh, it's on Shabbat, Lo Yizrok. In this case they say, do not sprinkle the blood. Because you have an animal over here that was slaughtered with the wrong, Kabana, Vi'im Zarak, if they did slaughter, if they did sprinkle the blood, Hurtza Almenat Laktir Imurim La'irev. So then, the blood will be accepted that Shabbat, Saturday night, you'd be able to bring the uh, meat of that korban on the mizbayah. So the Gebara says, Im zarak di'avad in that only on Shabbat, if you sprinkled. That's mashma bidi'avad. However, according to Rava, it makes sense. Because according to Rava, the only heter that he allows you to sprinkle is if there's food. If there's uh, a part of the animal that is edible. And since this was slaughtered for an olah, there is no edible part of the korban. And therefore for Rava, we understand the Gemara. Why it says bidiyava? Because really you cannot sprinkle this case on Shabbat. Because since there's no edible, uh, uh, nothing's going to become mutar, bachila, so therefore it's not matir. Ela lirababa ravuna kasha. But according to Rababa Ravuna, we have a kasha, which means he said that what? He allowed you to sprinkle the blood on Yom Tov in order to allow you to put the meat on the Mizbayah the subsequent night. So therefore he should allow you to sprinkle the blood on Shabbat to allow you to put the meat on the Mizbayah the subsequent night. Why does the Gemara say Bidi Abad? Rabbah didn't say Bidi Abad. Rabbah said if a person went and slaughtered, like in this case over here, it was slaughtered Bidi Abad, it was slaughtered the wrong way. 
But Rabbah said you could sprinkle the blood of the Khatailah to allow the meat to be brought that night. Why in this case then does it say it's only Bidi Abad? Well, you took the Kifsi Asirit, and instead of slaughtering it for the sake of Shavuot, you slaughter it for the sake of Shalmesibur, you slaughter it for Ola. You had wrong intent. It's okay. You slaughter the uh, animal, now it's Shabbat. What's the deen? So Rabbah should say, very simple, take the blood, sprinkle it in order to allow the meat to go on the Mizbayah that night. It should be consistent in the Shita. So the Gebra says, Kasha. You're right. It is indeed a question. Vibaitema, or the Gemara gives an alternate answer. Well, the first answer is really not an answer. The first answer is just leaving it in abeyance. It gives an alternate solution to this problem. Shani Shebut Shabbat, Mishabut Yom Tov. The Isur of Shabbat is more stringent than the Isur of Yom Tov. And therefore, whereas on Yom Tov, he allowed you to sprinkle in order to put the meat upon the Mizbayah that night, the next night. However, on Shabbat, we're not going to be so lenient. We're allowing sprinkling blood because the Isud of Shabbat is more serious. And therefore, in this case over here, it's only Bidi'abad. If he sprinkled, it'll be okay. But Lechatayla, cannot sprinkle. There's a difference between Isud Shabbat and Isud Yom Tov. The rabbis were more mahmir on Shabbat than they were on Yom Tov. Okay, now we're going to a new case where Rav Avya asks the question to Rav Huna. You have an animal and partners, half owned by Jew, half owned by a Goy. Can you slaughter it on Yom Tov? Oh, what's the question? Well, the question is, well, the Israel has rights to slaughter on Yom Tov, or is permissible on Yom Tov. The question is here, you got a partner who's a Goy. So you're technically also slaughtering uh, for a goy who we might not allowed to be it to slaughter on Yom Tov for a goy. Certainly not allowed to slaughter for a goy. So the question is, he got partners on the animal. So Amar le mutar. So Ravuna right away tells him without any reason, mutar, no problem. Amar le vechi ma ben zelindari mundabot. So Ravavia asks a question to Ravuna. He says, hold it. Nedarim and nedavot. We're not allowed to slaughter on Yom Tov. What's the reason? Because the neder has got partners also. Part the owner eats, and part goes to the Mizbeah. Well, your part, we understand it should be okay on Yom Tov, because Ochen is Mutar. But the part that goes on the Mizbeah, I mean, that's already Legavoah. Uh, and really, for Gavoah, for the Mizbeah, you're really not allowed to slaughter, unless it's a Qurban that has to come on that day, and is mandated by the Torah to come on that day. So therefore, uh, Rabbi Aviyah seems asking a very strong question. He's saying, hey, Rabbi, how can you tell me this is Mutar? What's the difference between a partnered Qurban with a Goy, or Nedarim and Nedavot? So the uh, rabbi, Ravuna, tells him, Amar le urba parah. As if to say, go outside and see a, go look at the flying raven. What he was trying to do is divert him. I want to give him the answer. We're going to see the Gemara's he was tired. He says, go look, there's a bird outside. <laughs> so he digressed him, he diverted him. Kinafak. So when Avya left, he understood that Ravuna wasn't answering him. So he left. So Rabbah, the son of Ravuna, says, Isn't this the one that our master, you, Ravuna, have complimented this rabbi and you've called him a Gavra Rabbah, a great man? So which means, what are you doing? Why did you 
Why'd you get rid of him? Why'd you send him? Uh, why did you send him out like that? I thought you you hold of this man. You 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 know you you say he's a great man. Amale, umay abidle. Rabbanah says, what do you want me to do with him? Ani hayom today, the pasuk is being fulfilled on me. Samechuni baashishot, rapeduni batapuchim. Samechuni they will support me baashishot. It's like with cakes. Rapeduni they will spread out for me batapuchim. Apples, which means that day was Yom Tov, and Rav had a long day in the Beit Midrash. He gave Shi'urim the whole day, and he was tired. So I just came up from the Beit Midrash. I didn't eat anything, which means on me the Pasukah said, support me with kegs, give me apples, which means I need something uh, to eat. And now he comes in and he asks me uh, a question. Now he comes in and he asks me a question that needs... Reasoning, but that means logic. We didn't have the patience to to go into the whole, uh, you know, hadush uh, with him. So I told him, Mutab, and he asked me a question. So I said, okay, I don't have time now. I, I, I diverted him. So now the Gemara says, Vitamamai. Well, what what is the difference? Which means now getting back to the Avias question, why is the Darim and the Davot Asur? It's also partners. I mean, your part of it, we understand, should be good. But the partner that goes to Gavoa should not be good on Yom Tov. That's why it's not good. can you tell me Israel is mutar? What is indeed the Hiduk? Which means, when you slaughter, in order to. Uh, kosher up a piece of meat for the Israel to eat, you got to make a full slaughtering. And therefore, you're not doing anything extra by the fact that the goy is the partner. Which is, if you want to eat your chedek over here, you have to do the same shaita. It's not that you do a half a shaita for you and half a shaita for him. You need to do a full shaita to allow you to eat the kizai that you want to eat. So therefore, it's not considered any exertion that you're doing anything extra because the goy is a partner. However, I've added that even in Davot, asul shu'atan biyum tov. Oh, now you could argue, what do you mean? So I'm slaughtering for my, uh, for my section, for the Kohanim section. The Gemara says, no, big Hadush. The Kohanim, ki kazachu, mishulchan gavoa kazachu. When the Kohanim get to eat their part, they're not eating from themselves. All the Korban, the way it works is the meat belongs to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And they're only getting a right to eat from the table of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore you cannot slaughter that even in the because it's really considered not Lachem. It's not a slaughtering for you. The slaughtering of a Nedir in the really is all Lagavawa. It's all for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, listen, you can eat something from, uh, from my table. But that's not considered slaughtering Lachem. Because the dynamics of the Qurban is not the Pshat. I'm slaughtering. Part of it, I'm slaughtering it for myself. And the other part I give to God. If the dynamics work like that, it would be mutar. That's all your nefesh, mutar on Yom Tov. It doesn't work that way. When you slaughter it, it's kudal gavawa. The whole animal belongs to Kadosh Baruch Hu. Elawat, kuanim mishulhan gavawa kazachu. The kuanim azokheh from the shulhan gavawa. Therefore, slaughtering the gavawa on Yom Tov, we know, is asur. Unless it's a kurban that's mandated for the day itself, etc. So that's the difference between the behemah. And the Nedarim and Nedabot. Comes the Gemara and continues. In a similar case. Amar of Hazda. Bema. Hatshash shall go in Hatshash Israel, Mutala Shahata Biyum Tov. The Yifshalik is Basar, Belo Shahita. We just learned that case. 
you have a behemoth that's part goy, part, part owned by goy, part owned by Israel, mutala shakatab yom tov, because it's impossible. You have to make a shaita anyway for a kezayit basar, to put out any extra uh, toil or jush. Isa. Now you have a dough. Hatsiyashin nukhri, vihatsiyashin Israel. Now you have a piece of dough, partners. Half goy, half Israel own it. Asul afota biyom tov. Here the Gemara says it's asul to bake the dough. On Yom Tov. And you'll argue, what do you mean? Uh, it's, it's the same baking. Now I'm just putting it in the oven. I'm not baking it any more for the Goy than the Israel. But the Gibraltar here, you have an option. What's the option? After you need the dough, split it. What do you got to put the whole dough in the oven for? Take out the Goy's halak, uh, give it to him, and only put your portion in the oven. Why do you have to put the whole, uh, the whole uh, uh, dough in the oven? By shahita, you can split it, you can't split the shahita. But by dough, can you split it? Take the half the dough, give it to the goy, not put your halak in. So therefore, we don't let you just put the whole dough in the oven when there's a partner of a goy. Bativ Rav Hanabar Hanilai. So Rav Hanabar Hanilai asked the question. Isat kelavim. That is the dough, literally, of dogs. Which means this is a type of dough that obviously was inferior, that they used to give to the dogs to eat. Now, sometimes the shepherds in the field, they would eat from this dough, so the, from this type of uh, bread. So the Gibra says, But it's a type of Isat Kilavim that the shepherds will partake from. Well, now, since it's fit for human consumption, so now, number one, it's Hayab in the laws of Halah. Which means if you make a certain shi'ud, you have to take a piece of it off, give it to the kohen. Secondly, why? Because it's considered lechem. We learned in Masikat Erubin, the law of Erubi Hasirot. person has a courtyard, there's houses or homes in the courtyard, they want to carry from the homes to the courtyard, Hakamim forbade that, even though it's all at a shuti yahid, unless you make what's called Erubi Hasirot. How do you make Erubi Hasirot? Take a piece of bread. So this loaf of bread... Since it's eaten by the shepherds, considered le'aim, you could make it for an eruv hasirot. Um ba. We also learned that in the olden days, they used to live with the courtyards. So that many courtyards open up into an alley. The alley is called the mavui. So the hachamim also forbade to go from the hasir to the mavui. Because even though it's all considered the shuti yahid, but still, it's a publicly uh, uh, traveled area, the mavui. And therefore, you need a shetufeh, uh, which means you need a shetuf between all the chatserot to go from one chatser to another chatser in the mavui itself. How do you do that? Also with a loaf of bread. So this loaf of bread also can serve as a shetuf. And you make a barakah. I mean, if you eat it, you have to make a motzi. It's called lechem. A motzi lechem in Which means three guys that ate together, they could form a zimun with this bread. V'neefet b'yom tov. And this bread can be baked on Yom Tov. Oh, now, again, what's the logic? Because even though there's dogs over here, but since there's also human beings that are going to eat from this, it's going to be split. Dogs are going to eat some of it, but the Rahim also going to eat some of it. For the human consumption, you can't cook for dogs on Yom Tov. However, for human consumption, you can. And furthermore, a person is because this is really not bread. This was considered like a matzah. And therefore it's saying, if you make it in the proper way, so that you could use it for your obligation to eat matzah on the first night of Pesach. Of course, there's only an obligation to eat matzah on the first night of Pesach. The rest of the nights 
of the holiday, you can eat uh, non. Uh, you don't have to eat, I should say, matzah. You can eat other type of foods. However, the first night, if that's the first night. In any event, the Gemara over here is posing a question against the opinion of uh, Rav Hazda. Why? Because Rav Hazda, you told me before, you have partners with a goy with the bread. What should you do? Before you put it in the oven, split it. So the Gebrah has to do the same thing over here with the dogs. You tell me the dogs are going to eat part of it, and the shepherds are going to eat part of it. So why should you put the whole dough in the oven? Split it. Split the, the dough before, the part of the dogs keep out, and the part that's going to be eaten by the shepherds, put it in the oven. Question against the Fazda. Gebrah says, Shani Isad Kelavim, Ho'il Ve'efshan Lefayesan Benevela. Kemara says now, you know what? The dogs are different. Because the dogs, at the end of the day, you might be able to appease them with a piece of meat. And therefore, potentially, the whole bread can have viability for the shepherds. Because, who knows? You might be able to appease them. Now, what the Gemara is saying, is, even though you don't appease them, which means you could bake the whole bread because since... I could say that the dogs could be a piece of the bread now has full viability for Ru'im. Therefore, it's okay. So that's what the Gemara wants to say for Rav Hazda. The Gemara says, Does Rav Hazda subscribe to this Rav Ho'il of, of sins? Person who bakes from Yom Tov to Chol. Now really not allowed to bake from Yom Tov to Chol. So Rav Hazda Amal Lokeh. For that reason, Rav Hazda says, one is subject to Malkut. Now we're talking about after he ate his meal. So it's not, it's not, you can't explain that he's doing it for today. He ate his meal on Yom Tov, now he's baking. What is he baking for? Has to be baking for tomorrow. Baking for tomorrow, Yisut, you get lashes. Rav Amal Enu Lokeh. Rav says you don't get Malkut. So the Gibra explains the Mahlokeh. Rav Hazda Amal Lokeh. Lo amrina no ilu mikle'e le'orhim. I don't say ho'il. Well, what would be the logic to say ho'il? Because you could say like this. Let's say guests would come. He ate already, huh? Now he baked. It's uh, late in the afternoon, right? If guests would show up at that point now, they save him. Because the guests can eat the bread on Yom Tov itself. So, I don't say this ho'il. I don't say, since there was a certain way that the bread could have been viable, therefore, even if the guests don't come, it's still viable. I don't subscribe to that. But with Rabbah, come and says, no, you know why he doesn't get malkut? Because I subscribe to the subject of ho'il, and I say, listen, since the bread has a way to become permissible, how does it have a way to become permissible? If guests would show up, now, even though the guests didn't show up, but if the guests would show up, it would be mutar, therefore now, you're not going to get malkut. So you see clearly that Hazda does not subscribe to the subject of Ho'il. So now we've got to go back to our question. That Hazda, when he came to a loaf of bread, half edible for the dogs, half edible for the shepherds, you said what? Put the whole loaf in the oven, cook it, for, bake it on Yom Tov. We yes, asked, what do you mean? Uh, how, could you, how could you make it? You should split it. Take the dog's part out. Like we make you take the goy's part out. 
So now we want to understand what's the uh, don't tell me who eel. Uh, since uh, potentially you're able to appease the dog. I mean, in potential ho'il doesn't work according to the Hazal. So, Don't explain the Hazal to say, since it's possible, You have to say the case of the way he has a piece of meat already available. It's certain he's going to get a piece, which means the case is where you have the piece of meat there already. So you know that this bread over here is definitely going to be all edible for the shepherds. Hey, what about the dog's part? You got a piece of meat over here. There's no doubt the dog's going to be appeased by the nevelah. That's why the Hazda allows you to bake the, uh, the bread. A sheikh and the goy, the goy wants his bread. He's partners with the bread. Now we're going to give him something else. says, I'm 50-50 with the bread. I want my bread. Therefore, you can't bake it. You got to split it beforehand and just bake your head. But the, the, the dog, if I have a nevelah, I don't say, since if I would have had that. We don't go with since if I would have had that. But that doesn't buy into that. He says, you got to have a reason that applies actuality. Good. What's the reason? Yeah, I got a nevelah in front of me. Therefore, to be permissible. Times the on continues. <laughs> They asked the question to Ravuna. She says, These are the Jews that would lived in the villages. The government puts an obligation on them that they must supply the legions, the armies that are going by, the government's army, uh, to give them kemah, to give them bread, which means there was a, like a not like a tax, but an obligation, a, uh, a governmental obligation that was enforced that every Jew or person living in the town, when the army comes through, you got to feed them. Okay, that's on the king's expense, but you got to prepare the uh, food for them. So the question was, Can you bake this bread on Yom Tov? Problem is, the soldiers are goyim. So now you're baking bread for goyim on Yom Tov. Is this permissible or not? Now we know in a normal uh, understanding, you really should not be allowed to bake for goyim. So that is not baking for goyim. So what do you do? Amar Lehu. Okay, this is Ravuna talking. So Ravuna tells the uh, people, Hazina i havele rifta liyinuka velo kapte. You have to uh, ascertain first, if you would give part of the bread that you're baking for them, if you'd give it to a child to eat, and they're not makpi, and they don't get angry, which means the soldiers, they don't uh, care, they let you give it, uh, you know, part of their bread to the children. So then I could say each loaf has a viability. Since the loaf, I could have given it to a child to eat, even though I'm not. But since I can, therefore it's la'ui. Therefore I'm baking for a Jew. Therefore it's okay. V'ilav asud. But if not, asud. So that week, that, so Rav Unai gave a very big hit over here. He said, listen, if you see that they're not makpeed, if they would lie, you give some of this uh, bread to the, to the kids, no problem. Let them, uh, let them bake. And each loaf I could say, yeah, this loaf was la'ui to give to a katan. Even if I didn't give it to the katan, I'm going to give it to the, to the soldiers. Doesn't matter. Since they would allow to share the bread with the Kitanim, therefore it gives it viability, each piece would become mutar on its own, so you can bake for them. So Gabriel says, what are you talking about? We learned in a Braita. 
Now, it, it should be noted that obviously Ravuna is arguing on Rav Hazda. Rav Hazda is the one that said that you have 50-50 partnership with a goalie, you can't put the, uh, you can't put it in the, uh, you've got to take his chilek out, and you've got to split it. What do you mean? According to this over here, if, if, if they go, as long as it's Ra'u'i, to give to, to Kitanim, right? So therefore, yeah, so therefore it should be uh, Mutar. So that's obviously Ravuna is arguing on Rav Hazda. And she says that clearly, Kol Hada Vahada Upalig Ravuna Ad Rav Hazda. Good. So the Gebra says, what do you mean? We have a bright Ma'aseb Shimon Atimani. Shimon Atimani, that she says, Mitimnat. Shimon from the city of Timnat. Shelo Ba'emesh, the Betta Midrash, was Yom Tov. He didn't come in the afternoon to the Betta Midrash. Yom Tov afternoon. He wasn't there for the Shi'ur. Bishaharid, so the next morning, Mitzaor Biyuda bin Baba. Biyuda found him. Amar lo, Bipinel, lo bata emish the Bet Midrash. Where were you yesterday? How come I didn't see you in the afternoon in the Bet Midrash? Amar lo, Boleshet Baal Leirenu. We had a band of soldiers that came through the city on Yom Tov. Ubikshal Lachtof et Kolair. They wanted to plunder the whole city. And the soldiers come through, uh, they were going to take, um, take whatever they want. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're looking to plunder. So now, we don't know what to do. So we had to appease them. So what do we do? We took a agil, kef, we spoiled it for them, and we fed them, and we exempted them, and they went in peace. And so we, we got off the hook. We were able to give them a, you know, an agil, and finished. So now, when Rabbi Yudab and Baba, here's what they did. Amar lo, tama ani. I am wondering, I'm shocked. Im lo yatsa sechachem beifsedchem. I don't know that if you're sachar, you're rewarding the savings that you did by savoring your uh, plundering. I don't know if you gained more than you lost. Why? Share amra Torah lachem velo legoim. The Torah does not allow you to slaughter for goyim. Torah says, "Who le bado yase lachem?" Ochem nevus mutar for Jews. But it's not mutar. I just slaughtered this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you did over here. I don't know what your reheter was. Rabbi Yudam and Baba is telling uh, Shimon from Tana. So comes the Gemara and says, "Ve'amai ha'chazi lemechal mine." So what are you talking about over here? According to Rav Huna, since the Jews would be able to eat from this animal, right? Because the Goyim are not going to eat Mekpid, it's their animal. Therefore, since they would be able to eat, therefore it should be considered viable. So therefore, why was Rabbi Yudab bin Baba telling Shimon at Temani, oh, what are you doing? You lost out. I just slaughtered. What do you mean I just slaughtered? I'm slaughtering an animal. I'm sharing it with the Goyim. Now, they're not going to eat Mekpid if I want to eat. After all, it's my animal. So therefore, the Chawra, since each piece has viability to be eaten by the Jew. So same thing we could say. That what? The animal, the animal in totality has a viability. Therefore the Chaurat should be mutar. Why did he uh, knock him? Question against Navuna. Amar of Yosef. So Rav Yosef says, no, there's a different case here. Egel terefa havai. The Egel, before they slaughtered it, it was a terefa. They didn't give the Goy a regular kosher uh, animal. It's not an animal that had all blemishes on it and all that stuff like that, where they weren't be able to eat it anyway. So they slaughtered it. So that's why you'd have you'd have a baba. What are you talking about? 
I, I just thought this is a total animal, wasn't that we for Yisrael? Bechlal. Yisrael, it was a terefa. So, Yisrael, Sechrechem, Bechetchem. That's what I mean. Vahazi, Lekelavim. Still, it's still Raui for the dogs. Uh, granted, for you, you, human consumption, not. But still, it's fit to give to the dogs. So, therefore, why did he uh, knock him? So, the Gabra said, oh, Tanai. Doing something for the dogs on Yom Tov is actually a machloket tanaim. Oh, what's the machloket? So the Gemara says, the Tanya, we have a brighter. Ach asher yachir lechol nefesh, hu lebado yaseh lachem. It's only food that can be eaten lechol nefesh for every soul. This is the only thing that is permissible to do for yourselves. Now when it says Lechol Nefesh Shomeya Ani Afilu Nefesh Behemah Lechol Nefesh For any soul Including animals It would be permissible to Prepare food When you see the word Nefesh Nefesh refers to a Behemah Like you see in another passage It calls Nefesh Behemah So therefore Talmud Lomar Lachem That's what it has to reiterate Lachem only for you. Lachem velo lakelavim. For you and not for the dogs. The Bible see Rabbi Yosegili. You see clearly Rabbi Yosegili holds when the Torah says lachem, it's coming to exclude dogs. Rabbi Akiva Omer, afilu nefesh bema bemashma. He doesn't know what? When it says nefesh, it means even the dogs, even the animals. You can prepare for. So does lachem come to exclude? Lachem velo legoyim. Yeah, it's coming to exclude that what? You're not allowed to prepare food for the goyim. So comes again and says, Umara ita le rabot at the kelabim velo siete goyim. Rabbi Akiva, why do you have a preference to allow preparing food for dogs, but you're excluding preparing food for goyim? He says, Marbe ani et kelavim shemizonotan alecha. Simple reason. There's no obligation for you to support the goyim. And therefore it's not on you, it's not incumbent upon you. Therefore, asur. But the dogs, the, the animals, your animals, you have an obligation to feed them. So therefore, I'm going to allow you to feed the animals. Oh, so very good. So what did we find over here? And the great makhluket and naim. Between Rabbi Yoseh and Rabbi Akiva. If, if preparation of food for Kedavim is mutar or not. Ah, so therefore, now we understand the story of Rabbi Yudab bin Baba and Shimon Temanim. Shimon Temanim came to the rabbi. They told hey, where were you yesterday? Rabbi Yudab bin Baba asked him, where were you? Oh, no, we went in the city over there. The, the soldiers came in. They wanted to plunder the city, but we got rid of them. We slaughtered uh, an agil. Oh boy, I don't know what you did, you lost out, you know, you, you, more, more lost than gain. Uh, so he asked, uh, what do you mean, more lost than gain? Since they were slaughtering the animals, it's not for them to eat. According to Ravuna, as long as it's not for you to eat, you can eat it with them, so therefore it should be mutar. Nah, it was an eagle of a terefa. So there was no legal way for the Jews to eat it. Huh? What do you mean, but so so you have to say that, obviously, uh, they, they, this rabbi holds you, Rabbi Yudam holds like the Tanaim that, that, that say what? Like Rabbi Yoseh, that says Kelavim is Asur, that you cannot slaughter something for Kelavim. So in this case over here, and if you cannot slaughter for Kelavim, by the way, Koshikin for Goyim. That's obvious. So therefore, when he slaughtered the animal, he had no heter. That's what Rabbi Yudam told him. He said, I wonder if your Sakhar uh, uh, Outweighed your have said, but granted, if let's say we've been a kosher animal, 
Kotel Avuna would have been permissible. Why? Since it's Ra'ui for uh, Adam to eat, right? The Ra'ui would let them eat. So therefore, my slaughtering is for me. And therefore, I'm giving it per Patr Goy. It would be Mutar. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar le Abaye le Rav Yosef. Abaye tells Rav Yosef. Ul Rabbi Yosef Gilili. According to the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Gilili, again that says what? That you're not allowed to prepare food. On Yom Tov for the dogs. Da'amad lachem vedo lakelavim. Hane sufle. These sufle, as she says, gar'ayne temarim. They're the uh, pits of the dates. Now what did they do with the pits of these dates? They used to give them as uh, animal food. So the Gebarah says, Lehiyuta hechishadina nehu biyom tov. Which means, according to you, we don't allow anything for the preparation of animals. Now these dates, the dates themselves are not mukseh. But the pits of the dates are mukseh. And since you don't allow to feed the animals, but to make a ochen nefesh is not permissible, how do we allow these people, since it was an accepted practice, they would take the dates, pits, and throw it to the animals. How do you allow them to do that? It's mukseh. If you hold that the laws of ochen nefesh don't apply to... That, 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 yeah, that the laws of apply as well to dogs, I mean, you can, you can feed your animals, so no problem. I can take the pits and give it to, to dogs. So therefore it's uh, permissible. But if you hold that, uh, you're not allowed to feed the animals, so therefore these pits over here are... Mukse, there's no eter. Uh, so that's the Gibraltar's question. Now she says, Hechi Shadino, top line, Keban de Adam lo hazu. Since they're not ra'ui for Adam. And you don't allow feeding the animals on Yom Tov. They become Musa. So Rabbi Yosef, how do you feed the, uh, the animals these uh, pits? He answers back. They're not Musa, these items. Because you could use them for fuel. That's a dry pit. If you throw it into the fire there, it's a piece like a piece of wood. Therefore, it's fuel, no problem. So, I, I, they're not mukseh. They have, I mean, they have a, uh, a use. Kabbalah says, Tinach b'yabishta. And that only explains the dried pits. Beratipta ma'ika lememar. How you can explain the moist ones? The moist ones, they don't burn. And therefore, they should be mukseh. So, Amale hazu lehesek gadol. Okay, might not be useful in a small fire fueling it, but in a big fire, it'll work. It'll work because it'll dry up quickly and it'll become a fuel. So, it's also uh, non mukseh. So, Gibra says, Tina, be yom tov. Right, that explains yom tov where you're allowed to make a fire. Right. However, be shabbat ma'ikalememar. How are you going to explain it on shabbat? Shabbat, you can make a fire. These items go back to becoming mukseh. How do you feed it to the animals? You can move them by way of bread, by means of bread. Now what does this mean? Either you have to say the case is talking about where the pits happen to be on the bread already, because nobody's going to allow you to go take the bread and pick up a mukseh. You have to say it was on the bread already, or a simple case, guy was eating dates, right? 
and uh, he has the pits in his mouth. He just takes the piece of bread, he spits the pit out into the bread. Now he takes it and he throws it to the dogs. So that's you have to say, but you cannot do it directly. You can do it agav rifta. They're going to say, is that permissible to do something with bread like that? Right. So the Gabbara says, Kiddush Shmuel. That Shemuel said that's permissible. That we're not worried about We're not worried about the disgrace that it's going to give to the Ochlin. Therefore, no problem. So that's the way you get around it on Shabbat. Oh, but this is arguing. Now, actually, not this, but that which we learned above. Ravuna. Right, Ravuna said what? Ravuna said that the bread uh, you're allowed to uh, bake for the soldiers that were coming through the city. Right? What was his logic, Ravuna? You're baking for Goyim. Right. So he said, well, if they give you permission to eat from it, so if I could say each loaf is really Ra'ui for a Yehudi, and therefore it's okay. That was Ravuna's shita. Alright? <laughs> now we're going to see an opinion of Yeshua ben Levi that argues against. Let's see how. You're allowed to invite a goy to come over to eat with you on Shabbat. But you're not allowed to invite the goy on Yom Tov. What's the, what's the difference? Gezera On Yom Tov you're allowed to cook. So we're concerned, you're going to invite the Goy, what are you going to end up doing? You're going to put up some more food for him. Uh, cooking for the Goy, this opinion holds is uh, Asur. Right? Everybody held this is really Asur. So therefore, on Shabbat, you're not cooking. There's no Gizirah that if a Goy comes up, you might go not start putting up uh, food in the oven. No, 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 we, don't, we don't suspect the guy's going to come to cook. But if you're cooking already on Yom Tov, and there's a Goy that comes over, you might throw an extra piece of uh, meat or something like that. So therefore, he uh, disallows inviting Goyim. Rabbah says, you know what, even on Shabbat, you can't invite a goy. Why? You're not cooking. What's the problem? Because you're worried. In the olden days, it was very common. They drank wine. Now, what are you worried? The goy is drinking his wine. Once the goy drinks his wine, his wine becomes Yainisik. His wine becomes Asur. Right? You know, it's Asur. Now it's Mukseh. Because there's no benefit for a Jew from this wine. Now what's going to happen? The Shemosh cleans up the table. He's going to pick up the leftover wine that the Goy drank and move it away. That's Mukseh. So therefore you can't invite the Goy on Shabbat because of Shiure Kosot. Because of the leftover wine that's going to be in his cup, that's going to become Mukseh because of Yayin Nesek. And we don't want the Shemosh to move it. So the Gebarah says, what are you talking? You're worried about the leftover, the leftover stuff that's in the food, in the, in, in the pots or in the, uh, in the vessels. For that matter, even our leftovers are mukseh. Well, it's it's uh, disgusting. What, what do you do with our leftovers? It's not that we for anything. Therefore, well, why only the goyim you worried about? Even the Jews' leftovers is a problem. Our leftovers you give to the chickens at least, yeah, right. which means that you could have an from you can give it to the to the animals. However, didu nami azul tanegodim. Why can't you give this to the tanegodim? Now, didu is sure hanaanim. Yehuda says no. The yain nesik is a sure hanaa. Not to have any benefit from it. Not hazvash from human beings, and you cannot even give it to the animals. So therefore, this is totally mukseh. So the Kabbalah says 
ולתלילינו אגב כסה. You should be allowed to move it אגב the kos, which means the wine is in a kos. It's in a cup. So we should allow you to move it via the cup. Why? Milo Amar Rava didn't Rava teach us in a different place? Metaltelin kenuna agav kitma. Kenuna is like a shovel that was used, like a pan shovel that was used for, let's say, making coals. Okay, that we make the coals in the shovel. So it says, let's say I have ashes that are in the shovel. The ashes are not mukseh. We're talking about ashes that I designated before Shabbat that I want to use and eat it to cover up. So, ah, or to cover up the rock, the spit that's on the ground. So that the ashes in this case are non mukse ash, and they're in a kenuna. Afalgav di ika aleha shivre'itzim. Now, even though on the ashes themselves there's what's called shivre'itzim, pieces of twigs or wood. Now, those pieces of wood are indeed mukse. So the Gebara says, I allow you to move the kenuna, this um, shovel, even though it's got the Mukseh uh, inside of it, and therefore it should be permissible for me to move the uh, glass that has the Mukseh inside of it. So Tosafot over here says, What are you talking about? What is the comparison over here? The reason why I allow you to carry the Kenuna is because the ashes of Butar. I got heter in there. So I got heter in Isur. So I got heter in Isur. So that's why I let you cap it. Here in the cup, I only have wine. It's all Isur. What's the Gemara's uh, analogy over here? So the Tosfot says, no, no. The analogy over here is, the Kinuna is also Mukseh. Which means the actual shovel itself is Mukseh. Why? Because it's a Klisha Menachtor, the Isur. This vessel of it is not a normal vessel used on Shabbat. Right. It's normally designated for what? For making uh, coals, for making uh, fire in there. And therefore the kenuna itself really should be asur to move. What's allowing me to, to move it? The Ashton said, even though there's mukseh, even though now you're allowing me to move the kenuna, agav, an item that has over here, uh, ash, has bad, which means as the wood. Ella, what do you say? You have to say that the wood is insignificant. Batel. You have to say the wood is batel. Because since it's so insignificant, it's batel to the ashes. And therefore, it allows me to carry the kenuna. Similarly, I will say that the little wine that's in this uh, uh, flask over here, this, this glass, it's already batel to the glass. See, I want to carry, here it's the reverse. It's what's inside is mukseh, and what's outside is etzeh, but that's the analogy. You have a, a good and a bad. And therefore, just like you'll allow me to carry the mukseh kinuna, and I'm going to say what if the shivriya etzim are insignificant, the batel, so say the same thing, that the wine that's in the flask over here, that's insignificant, and therefore should be batel, should allow me, should be able to carry the glass. So to that, the Gemara says, there is a difference. Hatam lav isureh ana'aninu. Hach isureh ana'aninu. The difference. The wood chips that are on in, in that uh, shovel, they might be mukseh, but they're not asur ana'a. And therefore, I could say, it's patel, it's insignificant, it's patel to the uh, ashes, etc. But... To come along and go so far and say that the wine is insignificant. Once the wine already is on the level of Isur Hana'ah, 
you can't insignificant that. that that's significant around. Therefore, it re- remains Muqsay. There's a difference. You Sudan has on a higher madriga, like it's more severe. That therefore we cannot be uh, Mekel. That she says, Umuqsay Tafeh. It's more Muqsay, so to speak. She says, it's a out of a guy's mind. You're not using it. Bikhlal. You know, there's no, uh, there's no usage for it at all. Exactly. So now we have a different angle. Rabbi Hamid Difti says, Okay, we know that on Shabbat, if there's a graf shil re'ai, that's let's say a bucket of re'ai, of excrement, right? Now excrement obviously is mukseh, but it's uh, in the middle of the place over there where people want to sit or something like that. You can move it. Graf shil re'ai, you can move because you want to sit and enjoy the Shabbat now. So the same thing over here. Now you have on the table, this uh, leftover of the goyim, disgusting. Nobody wants to look at this uh, now in front of them. So therefore, it should be like a graf shilderi. Get rid of it. So we have it there, which means you're telling me you can't have goyim over on Shabbat. Why? Because you're worried about the mukseh factor. What's the mukseh factor? Mukseh factor. The leftovers of the wine. Uh, mukseh. Why mukseh? Graf shilderi. Now let the shemosh clean it up. It's uh, disgusting. The Gemara says, hold it. One small problem. Kemara says, mm-hmm. Are you allowed to put yourself in a position where there's going to be a graf shadai? No. Which means, for example, a person cannot go sit in a place where there's a graf shadai, and then say, oh, you know what, I'm going to get rid of it. Go sit somewhere else. You, you cannot create a situation of graf shadai here by inviting the goy. You know you're creating now a graf shadai. And therefore, if it happens on Shabbat, okay, vada'i bi mutar. But to stage it, l'chatahila, en osim graf shere'i, l'chatahila, l'chat rashi, v'chi osim graf shere'i, l'chatahila, nehi dichi itakaman, misalkin ale. If it's in front of you, we agree, can move it. Aval, l'atuye kaman? Could you bring it in front of you? No. Or, l'mezal anan l'gaber, or to go to the graf shere'i, ki echi dnimas ala? And also and become be, yeah. now then become disgusted after you put yourself in the position. Would that be permissible? So therefore, that comes out the final Gemara where you're not allowed to fight the good because of the mukse aspect of the leftovers of the wine. Comes the Gemara and says, Adbere Rava lemor Shimuel. Rava was escorting, walking, Mor Shimuel. They were walking together. Vedarash. And he gave a derasha. Mezamenim et agoy b'shabbat, ve'en mezamenim et agoy b'yom tov. Gezera, shemayarbe So he learned, like the opinion, one of the opinions that we said above, uh, that's actually according to the opinion of the Yoshua ben Levi, that you're allowed to invite the goy on Shabbat, but you're not allowed to invite him on Yom Tov. Right? Why not on Yom Tov? Shemayarbe b'shvilo. Next case. When a goy would uh, appear to them on Yom Tov, right, as a visitor, so they would tell the goy, They would tell the goy very, very candidly, and they would say, listen, if you're happy with the food that we have here, 
Fine. But we're not doing anything extra for you. We're not making anything extra. If you want to eat from this here, but they know we're not cooking anything extra for you. Now we have to understand what's the purpose of this Gemaravi. This is in Yom Tov. So the Mephashim explain that they agree you can't invite. This up. is a, talking about a guy where the guy showed up. So the Hadush is that when the guy showed up, make the statement. <coughs> so then if you make the statement, it's okay. You can't invite. But here now, the guy walks at the house on uh, Yom Tov. You don't have to kick him out. But as long as you're very explicit with him, listen, we're not uh, cooking eggs of you. Then already they're allowed to... Uh, that's, that's the way you negotiate in the case where they showed up on Yom Tov. That's what we're learning from Moremod and Morzutra. In the case where they showed up, you have to be explicit so you won't come to cook for them. Okay, comes the next Mishnah. Betshamay Omrim. Betshamay say, Lo yachem adam hamin leraglav ela imkin veuyim neshtiyah. Now we discuss other Isurim on Yom Tov. Bet Shammai says, it is forbidden to heat up water in order to clean or wash one's legs on Yom Tov unless the waters are ra'ui for drinking. Which means, according to Bet Shammai, he says, listen, the Torah was matir, making fire for ochel nefesh, for eating purposes, not for any other uh, purposes. This is bathing purposes. Mm-hmm. So Bet Shammai says, unless the water is ra'ui for drinking, so then already uh, you could use it for also uh, bathing your uh, legs. Now we have to understand, Bet Shammai, as we learned earlier, does not subscribe to the opinion of mitoch. Which means, well, let's, what's the case we're talking about? Does it mean, as long as the waters are clean waters that are drinkable, so you could just boil the water and not drink it and use it for uh, washing? Is that saying that he's holding that mitok shutra letzorech ochenefesh shutra shelo letzorech ochenefesh? Tosfot says that cannot be because Tosfot does not hold of this mitok business. So Tosfot therefore says in the bottom, you have to say he's drinking from the waters. Which means it's not a potential over here. You have to say he's boiling waters, that are we for drinking, and he's drinking. And he has extra. So the extra water he'd be able to now use for his feet, only because he drank from the waters. And that was your heter to cook them or boil them in the first place. Whereas Betelel Matirin. Betelel comes along and says, this is indeed going to become permissible. Why? Because Betelel holds that when the Torah was Matir Ochel Nefesh, it was Matir Okay, that's why. Because everybody has to eat. <laughs> yeah, we're going to tell the guy, don't eat on Yom Tov. That's a normal pleasure that everybody needs. Now, bathing one's feet, Betelel says, that's also considered a Hana'ah Hashavelech Nefesh. Which means, at least bathing one's feet, it, whether you're a finicky guy or not a finicky guy, everybody bathes at least washes the feet. Regarding full body, that already could be uh, argument. Which means only finicky people would wash Yadav, Raglav, etc. So Betelel would not allow that. Because it only could be similar to Ochel. Just like Ochel is a Hana'ah, Shavelechol Nefesh. So to at least washing the feet, according to him, is enough to boil the water or to warm the water up. That'll be permissible. So that's the Mahluk in Betchemai and Betelel. Tarat Gebara says, or the Mishnah says, last line, Adam Medora, Tov, 
a person is allowed to make a medora. What's a medora? Uh, fire, like a you know a bonfire, bonfire, or take warm himself, yeah. uh, you know, uh, against it. Now, Gemara asks, This last line over here that says you can make the bonfire to warm yourself. Who's it going like? You're going to say it's going going to everybody. And maybe I'll make a haluk in Bet Shammai. And I'll say it like this. Whereas uh, Bet Shammai will tell us to, 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 to warm up water for your feet. That I'm not allowing you. But I'll allow you a hana'ah that's similar to food. The hana'ah of food is a pleasure that the whole body enjoys. Correct? So therefore I'll tell you it's also permissible healing yourself. But that's also a hana'ah of the whole body. So maybe the last part of the Mishnah is even going like Bet Shammai. Maybe I'll tell you no. Betelel katanida. About Bet Shammai no shanilu. Maybe Bet Shammai says any non-eating food related item is a suit whether it's boiling water for bathing whether it's uh, bo- uh, making a fire to heat yourself it's a suit so that's the question does the last statement go even according to Bet Shammai mm. or, or does Bet Shammai argue Tashema very clear statement Bet Shammai Omrim lo ya'aseh adam medora Clearly, Bet Shemai holds, just like you can't uh, heat the water up for bathing purposes, you're not allowed to heat up the fire in order to warm your body. Only strict ochel nefesh is permissible. Go to the next Mishnah. The following three items, the Bangamli was Mahmir, like Bet Shemai. Let's go one at a time. Of course, the Gemara will explain each one in length. We'll just give you the cases. And tomin etahamin lechetahila biyom tov. Amahatmana meant that after the food is already cooked, they used to insulate the pot in order to keep the heat inside. So the bangamliya was mahmir that it's forbidden to insulate a pot from yom tov to shabbat. We were talking about yom tov came out on a Friday, okay? Following shabbat. So we'll see. He's going to hold like Shabbat's strict opinion that hatmana is asur. From Yom Tov to Shabbat. And we will see why in the Gemara. The end zukfin et amenorah be Yom Tov. They have a candelabra. The candelabra was, let's say, made up of pieces. Right? Now you want to lift it up in order that the pieces should come together. That Shemai was mahmir, that you cannot lift the menorah to make it uh, straight. You know, straight, to complete. That we can say like fixing, like we'll see in the Gemara. And therefore he was mahmir like Shemai as well on that. The end ofin. Thirdly, one is not allowed to make thick bread on Yom Tov. That's girisin, the thick bread. Ela rikikin. The thin ones. Right, the thin ones. Why? Wait first. Rashi says, because it's too much uh, exertion to make that thick bread. Now we'll see. Abara Bangam Liel. So the Bangam Liel continues and says, Mimehem shel bet abba. From the days of my father's house, Lo ayu ofin petin girisin el adikikin. You know, my father's house on Yom Tov, they never baked the thick bread on Yom Tov, they only baked the thin wafers. Amru lo, so the rabbis told them, Man na'asa, man na'asa abicha. What are we going to do to your father's house? Shayu mahmirim al-atzman. They were mahmiran, they were strict on themselves. However, umikirin echol Yisrael. But when it came to Kod Yisrael, they were mekeh liot ofi, pitin girisin, baharareen. They let them cook 
Girisim, that's the thick bread, and Hararim, which means cold uh, baked bread, which is also another form of bread, which means, what do you mean? Your father? Your father was Mahmir like Bet He was Mahmir like uh, those opinions over there. But for Klai Yisrael, you, you try to bring a story from your father, your father was Mahmir. But for Klai Yisrael, he indeed was Mekir to even bake the thick bread on your door.